All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we still get to do quick takes, though. Are you ready for this? You remember how to do this, right? Let me limber up a little bit. Yep. All right, let's do this. MTV star Johnny Knoxville visited the St. Paul Capital View Cafe this week. The owners of the grill confirmed that Knoxville stopped by for breakfast on Tuesday morning and said he he is a very pleasant man. Knoxville, 52, best known for his role in the 2000s show, Jackass. Uh, my question for you, Dave mm-hmm, Schrader, mm-hmm. is if you were at a local restaurant, yes. what TV star would you most like to run into? Ooh, boy, that's tough. Uh, I'm guessing it's not Johnny Knoxville. N- you know, I like Johnny Knoxville. I think he's uh, entertaining mm-hmm. and funny. But, mm-hmm. uh, no, you know, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters is a local guy here. He lives up uh, uh, south of the, the river, I believe. Uh, I would love to run into Ernie Hudson and have a conversation with him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't know. And plus, I love his show Quantum Leap that he's in. And then the new Ghostbusters movie coming out. So those would be two of the uh, things I'd go for. But I don't know. I just I, I do run into a lot of celebrities, believe it or not. And uh, I'm always trying to just be respectful of them and not take up too much of their time. Yeah. Yeah. But you w- w- sometimes I just stare awkwardly and open my arms looking for a hug. Taking up too much of their time, that implies you would take some of their time. You would maybe ask for a picture or shake their hand or something. Maybe a selfie, hug. I don't know. Okay. No, I I just, yeah, usually I like to give like a quick, sometimes if they're eating, I leave them alone. If we're standing there, thank you so much, man. I enjoy your stuff. So great. Would you have said hi to Johnny Knoxville, if you would have been at the Capitol I'd have Cafe. given him a high five and then kicked the chair out from underneath yeah, him. Yeah, I think that's the right response. Right? you got to prank him. Yeah, it's a jackass move. I bet people do that all the time. Oh, it's, it's got, that has to be frustrating. Oh, yeah. No, I trying to live really your life that, with your family and somebody throws a pie at you or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pie. What are you, a Three Stooges it fan? kicks you. Okay. I like it. Woodbury police are joining a handful of other metro areas in using a new technology called a Star Chase is a GPS tracking system that aims to eliminate the need for high-speed chases. The system fires a sticky dart about the size of a pill bottle onto the rear of a fleeing vehicle, and the GPS tag inside allows authorities to track the vehicle anywhere in the U.S. Dave, do you think that this type of technology will help police keep our roads safer in car chase situations. The same technology has been employed by Spider-Man since 1967, <laughs> so I would say it works pretty dang well for him with his Spidey trackers. Uh, sure, this is great because then that that's going to lessen some of the high-speed chases and deaths that don't need to occur because the person behind the wheel, usually impaired in some way, making not a great choice that could end up their lives or other people's lives. So, yes, if we can now let them go, give them the, the false sense of security that mm-hmm. they're fine. Follow from a distance. And then when it's a safe environment, take them down, yes. I'd like to be on the crew testing these like dart guns that yes. fire these GPS yes. trackers, that would be a fun job. That is everything I grew up watching yes. and, and reading in comic books. I want that job. 
TSA officers found 17 bullets wrapped in a otherwise clean baby diaper on Wednesday inside a passenger's bag at where else? New York's LaGuardia Airport. The hidden 9mm ammunition was discovered after a male passenger's carry-on bag triggered alarms at a TSA. Hey, that's not my diaper. I don't even know how it got in my bag. Uh, have you ever had anything interesting pulled out of your bag by TSA? Uh, yes. Care to share? Uh, all right. So <laughs> I, have a, I have an interesting uh, real-world position. And uh, I was asked by a friend of mine to transport this bag of uh, K2 meters, which okay. are stud finders, basically electronic yeah. uh-huh. uh, wiring uh-huh. finders. And um, he had them labeled as ghost hunting tools. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I put it through the, through, through the old TSA deal. And all of a sudden, they stop the deal, and I see him wave over the manager. Manager looks at it. They all start looking at it. They wave over another supervisor. Ooh. All of a sudden, there's a pack. I know what they're looking at. It's a bunch of these clickers that have 9-volt batteries, which 9-volt batteries are always something that sets off a red flag. Yep. So they pull it through. They go, "Can uh, whose bag is this? I'm like, me. They go, can we? And he goes, sir, what's in the bag? And I had to look him in the eyes and go, ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> and they just kind of gave me this dead stare, and he goes, uh, what? Uh, uh. So he opens the bag, and sure enough, there's my buddy's picture on the front yeah. of each one with this ethereal glow in his hands in the <laughs> prayer position, and it's a, a ghost hunting tool, right? The silly, the silly deal. And they go, oh, you weren't kidding, and they zip it up and hand me the bag, and I stopped, and I go, that's all I have to tell you is that it's ghost hunting equipment. You can look at a corny picture of a guy praying and – you're just going to let me pass through? Yeah, and he goes, well, should we be worried? I go, I think I'd feel a little better if you were. <laughs> <laughs> so then they swabbed it and made sure yeah. I didn't have any explosives with me. Wow. But it made me, I got to be honest, it made me uncomfortable that they were just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's ghost hunting. Well, I guess it's a weird item, but not against any of rules. No, but when you're stopping it because there's electronics with 9-volt batteries that yeah. look like remote-controlled detonators, mm, Yep. right? And then all I have to do is say it's a ghost hunting tool, and you open it up and it says on the box, ghost hunting tool. I think I'd want more information. Mm. And just that swab, you know, grab that. I'm one of the guys that when I I travel all year round, Mm -hmm. I don't mind being pulled over by TSA and frisked or checked. I don't mind at all. I always tell them, do your job. Whatever you need Mm -hmm. to do, man, that's fine. Because I just don't, you know, I'd rather know that they're being extra cautious than just somebody wrapped up bullets in a diaper and he goes <laughs> hey it comes with diaper. that's the giveaway it's like a box of cereal <laughs> you get the little toys sometimes in diapers they give you bullets <laughs> what was he feeding his kid for breakfast what kind of cereal <laughs> i don't know uh we've been talking a lot about the new minnesota flag and some retailers are scrambling to start putting the new flag logo on all sorts of paraphernalia my mm. question for you if i was going to give you a christmas present mm-hmm. with our new minnesota flag on an item of clothing, mm-hmm. what would you want? Do you want a hat, a shirt, jacket, some socks, a cape, a Minnesota Because it State looks like cape. a superhero cape oh, to me. Okay, okay. It, it's got that. I just, uh, it's, uh, people are beating up on the logo. I think it's cute for what it is. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, do we really want to be represented as a loon? Mm, no. Right? We don't need that flag from Green Bay. <laughs> Wisconsin, yes, exactly. Because yeah. Green Bay basically encompasses all of uh, Wisconsin to me. But, you know, we don't want just loons. I think it's neat. I like the little polar star. I like the coloring. I think it's mm-hmm. beautiful. But it looks to me 
like something you would see on the boys uh, TV series. Okay. That's uh, like somebody, the Minnesota superhero would be wearing on his cape. Okay. We're going to get you a Minnesota state flag cape. I'll take a, I'll take a ball cap, just a nice ball cap with the flag. on. Yeah. You can call me Polaris, the North star man. I'll <laughs> just wear that. Is that a new Minnesota superhero? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would be your portly bald superhero. Do you ride a snowmobile? I don't. But Polaris does, is a star. Does Oh, okay. that's what I was going for. Well, yeah, but but if you're a superhero, you got to come in on the snowmobile. Oh, Polaris a snowmobile. Are there any? We don't have snow. That would really limit me to fighting crime well, only on snowy days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's always if we know anything from talking to somebody from Florida, it's always snowy in Minnesota, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I actually think it's funny that uh, uh, the East Coast people ride me about how bad our weather is. Not this year. Not any year. Compared to the East Coast, have you seen the images where there's like they open their garage and it's a wall of snow yes. yeah. and they've had to carve out a little refrigerator yeah. in that snow to put their stuff? Well, those are from Buffalo last year, I think, right? Yeah. Like three or four years in a row they've yeah. had horrible. The Twin Cities does not get that bad of snowfall. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, what do you think is like, if, if you were to look it up, what do you think was the worst snow we've had in the last 20 years? I don't uh, think it's been that bad. There, yeah, I think there'd be a handful in the 20-inch amount would be right. the worst ones we've had. Yet. And that's it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Although what I really love, I'm a fan of the Walking Dead TV series, okay. which takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Okay. That's where they yep. film it and all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, what I think is hilarious is, do you remember there was about three, four years ago, maybe even a little longer, they had an inch and a half of snowfall? Yeah. And they were showing footage of the highways, and there's cars all over the sides yeah, of the road. Yeah, they just shut the whole thing down. People yeah. are sleeping in the 7-Elevens <laughs> and grocery stores, gas stations, because they they can't. I'm like, one and a half they inches can't deal to with us, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's like walking uphill in a snowstorm to go to school well, you, barefoot. You're like deciding, do I get the brush for the car, or do I just kind of wipe it off my hand yeah. and hop I don't even, I just turn on the wipers. That's why God created them. Yeah, that's right. Why do I have to put any effort in it? I just get that <laughs> squirty juice that melts the ice. Squirty juice. Is that Squirty. the official? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's the official no, anything. I'm not, no. I don't know if I mentioned, I'm not much of a car guy. <laughs> <laughs> Windshield wiper fluid, is that the, what you're talking about? Uh, sounds like you're making stuff up, but sure, we'll go with that. Windshield <laughs> right wiper next, fluid. Right next to the blinker fluid underneath your hood, yeah. Yeah, I can't find a place to replace it. I'm really worried I'm eventually going to run out of that, and then where will I be? Thank God my wife knows cars, because she tells me she refills it for me all the time. Perfect. Yeah. You got, you got to have somebody in your life you can trust. That's right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got more here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the program. Filling in for Adam and Jordana, I'm Dave Schrader, or as this texture says, hey, new guy, or dear new guy. I like that. Hey, dear new guy, I have not heard what your name is. It's Dave Schrader, but I'm enjoying your sense of humor. I also do not like giving people gift cards and cash. So we're kind of re, re- going back to hour one. I'm glad they're catching up, though. Thank you very much. Uh, I love this. One of the uh, texters on the uh, WCCO talk and text line 651-461-9226 says, I put a <laughs> I put a mannequin hand with beef juice frozen in a Ziploc bag in my wife's luggage as she was going to Chicago as a joke at Halloween. She was pulled over and asked to explain. <laughs> that is awesome. That's pretty good. I think you should try that sometime as should a prank I? to Just, somebody. Yeah, but put something really me? weird. Just do it. Throw it in there and have 
Yeah, but it's more funny if you do it to somebody else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, not in my family. Some of them don't have senses of humor. You don't think your wife would like that if you threw something really weird? In her? No, no, because no, I don't like to be singled out. It's like, you know, funny travel points. My dad and uh, uncle and my cousin were traveling somewhere like 20 years ago, I, before 9-11 even, right? And as they're going through TSA, my bumpkin hillbilly cousin, Joe, says something about, Man, good thing they didn't find your your shoe bomb, Uncle, you know, Bob. Come on. And TSA, everybody just froze. Yeah. And then, like, they took my uncle, my dad, and my uh, bumpkin cousin into the next room and had to go through a bunch of stuff with them. Crazy. And then my poor dad, he's not, he, he doesn't hear well, right? Which is, I think, why he doesn't mind visiting us for the holidays because he can't hear. You just tune everybody out. Right. And, yeah. So my dad and mom are traveling back from Canada once, right? He pulls up to the little checkpoint, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy looks at him and goes, do you have any illegal drugs or weapons to declare? And my dad goes, yep. <laughs> and my, the guy just gets a shock look. And my mom punches him in the arm. She goes, hey, dummy. He just asked if you have any illegal drugs or weapons, and he looks back up and goes, oh, God, no, no. And the, and the guy just looks at him. He's like, I don't know what to do at this yeah, point, yeah. right? I always think, again, let's err in the you know, safety zone and pull yes. this guy over, just take a quick look. But my dumb dad just yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yep, we're yep, good. Yep. See you later. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy stuff. Hey, uh, news coming out. We're going to be talking to Tim Lammers here at the bottom of the hour uh, about some movies, uh, Aquaman 2. Uh, which is out in theaters now, and uh, talking about, what is it, uh, Rogue Moon? Uh, Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. Sorry, I'm mixing my Star Wars metaphors. Uh, Rebel Moon, which will be on uh, Netflix. I think that's released as of today. Um, But I wanted to mention something else entertainment-wise. Ricky Gervais is under, under a lot of scrutiny again. He's responding to a petition asking Netflix to remove jokes from his new special, it's quite meaningless. Ricky Gervais has stirred up another controversy with a joke in his Netflix special Armageddon, which hasn't even come out yet. In a teaser clip released by the comedian himself, Gervais jokes about terminally ill children, calling them baldy and using the R slur. Retarded was the word that it was used. Um, I don't know if R slur makes sense to a lot of people unless they understand that that is now contextually unacceptable. Now more than 12,000 people have signed a change.org petition demanding Netflix remove the joke from Gervais' upcoming stand-up special, which hits platforms on Christmas Day, December 25th. Immediately after the controversial Armageddon joke, Gervais says the audience, uh, these are jokes, all right? I don't even use that word in real life, the R word. I'm just playing a role. Now, a lot of people are, are spun out about this. I've seen the clip. Reading this, I could see how you could take it out of context because it's the written word. You don't know the inflections or what was said. This is satire. What what Ricky Gervais does in that comedy clip is satire. He's playing a role of this Ricky Gervais, which is this kind of curmudgeonly, I'm stupid but smart at the same time guy who's kind of out of touch with current parameters and he plays that role really well, and he's a great storyteller and and jokester. Now, I have children that are special needs. I do not take uh, offense at this joke set that he puts up. And first of all, he doesn't refer to terminally ill children as baldy. 
he says it talking about how he he does things for uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? And although they're on the edge, they're funny for what they are. And I think it's an interesting element and a place that we are in this world where people can't see the social commentary sarcasm of what is actually being said. And it's like only a 30-second or a one-minute mm-hmm. clip. So sometimes it's hard to get the full contextualized concept up. You've seen it. What do you think? Well, I think the key part, and it's it's, it's so interesting because he literally calls it out in mm-hmm. the clip where he says the joke with the R word, and then right afterwards he explains that he is playing a character. Even though he's standing up and doing comedy as Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais, he's playing a character in doing that. And I think we all recognize I, there are plenty of movies and shows on Netflix that have other words, including the N-word, which I think a lot of people would have more problem with, but it's in the context of a movie, and a character says the N-word, and nobody's calling for that movie to be taken off. We know, you know that that's going to have a parental warning on it, it's going to be rated R or MA or whatever, but we're okay with that because it's part of a performance, and it's being said by a character in that performance, and why is that different from a stand-up comedian? It's not like it's part of a, a... uh, a news article or something right. and like it's that. Absurdist. It's entertainment. He yes. does absurdist humor where he takes you to uncomfortable places to show you sometimes the ridiculousness of the the situation and the story. I, I suggest watch the whole thing before you get truly offended. It's like you know going on the attack of some of these comedians by somebody who heard a line and they're not delivering the line in the same way. They're not saying the inflection properly. They're not setting the story or joke up. So there is kind of this deal. Now, he does in that joke, as he gets done explaining the joke to you, that this is a joke and this is how a joke works, he (laughs) then uses the R word again, which is called a callback in comedy. And it's hilarious. And for people that are thinking, well, no, the characters, listen, Andrew Dice Clay isn't that guy when he's not on stage, right? Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, he doesn't walk around just, you know, all the time (laughs) doing that. Um, you've Larry, the cable guy, he's got his own XM serious radio station and he just talks like this and he's normal guy and blah, blah, blah. He isn't, well, diet gum, let's die. You know, it's not that hick mm-hmm. hillbilly, silly sensibility. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a character that they put on, yeah. on stage, which is a representation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the lowest common yeah. denominator brain cell of that version of him. Yes. And there's also like different lines for what's acceptable mm-hmm. and like we would not tell a joke like he tells in that clip on WCCO radio because this is a different forum. It's available right. to any audiences. It can be on when your kids are in the car. But if you're clicking on the Ricky Gervais special on Netflix, you know that you're viewing adult content mm-hmm. that has certain types of language in it, and you are opting in for that. And if you would not like to, then there are a thousand other things you can click on on Netflix tonight. But if you are, you're getting something that is really thoughtful mm-hmm. and really off color. And if that's what you want to watch, then you get to choose that. And it puts, right, here's the deal. Well, it was on social media. I didn't even get a chance to watch it on Netflix and make that choice. But you're probably following him. And if you already know that you're offended by Ricky Gervais, if you see a clip come up in your friend stream, just don't click on it, right? I have not really seen anything, and there are some comedians out there pushing the edge and envelope, and I love that, and I hope that they will continue to do that and allow creativity. Um, but a discussion does need to be take, uh, taken to what is entertainment. 
Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll find out more about entertainment from Tim Lammers when we return right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. Adam and Jordana have the day off. I am filling in. I'm Dave Schrader, and I'll be here with you next week on uh, Jason Derusha's show. I'll be filling in Tuesday through Friday next week. Today, Susie Jones has taken over for Chad. John Hines in for Jason. So that's your list. Let's go now to the phones on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We've got Tim Lammers. Good evening or good morning. Good day. We're... Every time people are listening to this on the podcast version, I covered it for everybody there. What's going on, Tim? Timmy Lammers. Hey, Dave Schrader. How are you, pal? I'm <laughs> doing well. Glad you made it online. We got a little nervous there for a few seconds. Yeah, I, I heard the music, but I, I didn't hear your voice. So we're uh, here now, baby. Yeah, well, welcome and happy holidays to you and your family. We've got Thank uh, you. a couple of interesting things to tune into this weekend. Should we want to take the family out and go see a movie or maybe even stay home and snuggle up in the nice, dry environment of our own homes under a blanket? What are we looking at this week, Tim? We are looking at Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and uh, I don't know, Dave, uh, the other Dave, it's, it's, it's Dave times two on the show today. Yes. I don't know if he wants to play a clip first, and we can chat about it. Yeah, let's go. Every known species in the sea call this place home, but that doesn't mean they all like me. I'm going to kill Aquaman and destroy everything he holds dear. I'm going to murder his family and burn his kingdom to ash. He must be stopped or a global meltdown is imminent. I think I know someone I might be able to help us. Ooh, you look rough. All right, that sounds like a family feel-good movie for the holidays. <laughs> Nothing like murdering you, a man you heard, and killing you, everything he holds dear. Yeah, Yaha Abdul Mahin II. He is black, back as Black Manta, uh, as well as uh, Jason Momoa's Arthur Curry, aka Aquaman. Mira uh, is back. Uh, of course, that's Amber Heard. Uh, everybody is back. That were, was in the original Aquaman. That was uh, five years ago already. Wow. I think it was. Yeah. Patrick Wilson as Orm, Nicole Kidman as Aquaman's mother, and Orm's mother. They're half brothers. And uh, Patrick Wilson's character, Orm, is serving in prison because he was sort of the bad guy in that first movie. Well, now Aquaman needs him to help uh, fight Black Manta, who is. Uh, threatening not only uh, the people of uh, the, the, the underworld, but in the sea, Atlantis, but also above ground. So, you know, it, it, it's the, the, the story itself. I mean, obviously, when you get the big special effects in there, uh, you get the settings, which are spectacular. 
I mean, you're fighting, you're fighting for a balance, and I don't think the balance is quite there. However, everybody is spectacular in the movie, starting with Jason Momoa. Now, this is uh, kind of uh, the understanding. This is the end of the DCEU. This is the end yes. of what has been taking place. Um, and, you know, that, you know, as it's been winding up, there's been fewer and fewer people going to the movie because there's nothing vested. There's no big payout right. because this isn't some big culmination like a final Avengers movie. This is just kind of, it, it feels stray, like they're just casting it aside at this point. What uh, yeah. does it. Does it feel good when you see it? Does it live up to a good superhero storyline, or could this movie have just gone right to streaming? No, no, I think you should see it in the theater, and that was the one thing that I was worried about, was that they would all be dialing it in, um, knowing, yes, you're right, that it is coming to an end, and it doesn't make any sense to me, Dave, because this movie, I mean, this character, Jason Momoa embodies this character, uh, and and so he's, he's still invested. Everybody is clearly invested in what they're doing. And I think the key to the success of this movie is that Jason Momoa is good at not taking himself too seriously. It's like they're kind of in on the joke. Yes, it's a superhero deal, and these stakes are raised. You know, you get that with pretty much everyone. Right. but. He's having fun, and you can tell he's having fun. And even Patrick Wilson, who played more of a heavy in that first film, has a lighter approach to his character this time and is just as built up and bulked out as, as Jason Momoa is in this, which is really, really surprising but very cool to see. So, yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly uh, surprised because you don't know what you're going to get going in, because also, too, this movie was delayed. And generally when movies are delayed and they keep pushing it back, it kind of tells you that something might be wrong with the movie. And, you know, it, it was fun. It was great entertainment and certainly a movie you could see your, with your family. Well, and with this, too, there, I think there was a lot of the controversy surrounding Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and how much of Amber yeah. Heard should be in the movie. What should they do? So I'm sure they kind of held on to it for that. But then there was the huge merger that took place between – Discovery Networks and Warner Brothers HBO. Yeah. They put off a lot of their movies, canceling some so that they could take yeah. the, the tax breaks. So I think this is getting a bit of a fair uh, or an unfair judgment call because people are thinking, oh, it was put off because it sucked and it, it's and, not. Yeah. Good. And, and, you know, and that's the unfortunate part about the business, too. And, and especially with social media and stuff, I mean, you can really get this mob mentality going even against movies, you know, and certainly because somebody, you know, guilt by association, Aquaman is going to be a bad movie because of people that are in it that happen to be involved in a divorce trial, you know, or, right. or it was more than that. It was, what was it, a defamation deal? So, but yeah, Amber, Amber Heard, I thought, well, we're not going to see much of her in this movie. And surprisingly, she's in it quite a bit. So I think, yeah, it was probably good from the standpoint of holding it um to you know let things you let the hype die down let all the anger or whatever they had against her die down because you got to remember it's a movie right. she's playing a character this is not amber heard this is mira and she's a very important and crucial aspect of this movie so i'm glad that they stuck to their guns that way i'm sure they did some reconfiguring of some sort maybe she was involved even more who knows but there are so many good people in this movie, including Nicole Kidman, who I just love. She's, you know, Aquaman's mother and Orm's mother. Of course, Orm is Patrick Wilson's character. Tamira Morrison is uh, 
Arthur Curry's father on land, of course. Uh, so, yeah, you've got a lot of great people. And then you get people like Martin Short voicing a character and John Rice Davies voicing a character. And they're very, very funny. So, yeah, this is a feel-good, fun uh, superhero romp going out, I think, in a sensible sort of way. It all kind of wraps up uh, Jason Momoa's iteration of Aquaman. So it survives the, the lammer hammer? It does. It does. The hammer, I would give this one a 7 out of 10. Wow. The hammer, if for people who aren't familiar, is something I give to movies five stars and less out of 10, which are generally bad movies or embarrassing movies. But no, no, I, I, again, I was very impressed. Plus, you have somebody enthusiastic sitting next to you, like my wife, who is completely in love with Jason Momoa. So you better not give it a bad rating. You know, and, and the couple of times I've run into Momoa at uh, conventions that I was working with him, he's been a very nice guy. He kind of seems to just embody that that being. He oh, is he just does. He does, too. And, you know, there are videos out there where he does make-a-wish things for people, uh, for kids, and it is so wonderful. I mean, the guy, he really is, he appreciates the position that he's in. And, you know, there are some out there that don't, but clearly he is one of the good guys. And I, I hope to see him. He, you know, he could be back in the DC universe as another character. Who knows? But, yeah, right now this is it for him as Aquaman. And it's too bad because I think he's really, really good as the character. And that's out in theaters right now? Yes, it is. It, uh, it is open. It, 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 it did previews uh, last night and open everywhere today. All right. Our next movie is more of a stay-at-home movie, Rebel Moon, dropping on Netflix. Go ahead and play that uh, audio. What do you think they want? Everything. We're just farmers. We're not a threat. They won't just kill us, will they? You're delusional. You think those soldiers will show them mercy? The movie available to watch now on Netflix. And you had a chance to sit down and talk with Zack Snyder and the rest of the cast. That interview's up on your website. Tell them how people can see that. Yeah, directconversations.com is my website. Also, I did the interview for looper.com. Zack Snyder and the rest of the cast, uh, which is a spectacular cast. Sophia Butella, uh, Charlie Hunnam, Jaiman Hansu, and a bunch of others. So Ray Fisher, who was actually in Zack Snyder's Justice League um, as well. But, yeah, I saw this. Uh, I, I did the interviews, and I saw the movie in theaters, and you might be able to catch it in theaters still. It had a very limited theatrical release, I, I would imagine, to qualify for you know awards consideration, especially with the visual effects, et cetera. But the interesting thing about this movie, Dave, is that Zack Snyder conceived this story to fit in the framework of the Star Wars universe, and he actually pitched it to Lucasfilm more than a dozen years ago. But, you know, we, we, we've seen Zack Snyder's movies. He, he, if he wants to make it an R movie, he's going to make it an R movie. <laughs> and uh, that's the case here, and that certainly just doesn't work within the framework of Star Wars. So when he was rejected, he basically made uh, the, the story his own and, and created his own mythology and, you know, over the past dozen years has been crafting this uh, sci-fi space epic that's very gritty 
and R-rated instead of going with your PG, PG-13 Star Wars type of film. So this has got more of an alien-type feel to it uh, with the gritty nature than it does a, a feel-good Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, there are feel-good aspects to the movie, and certainly sure. there are a lot of laughs in this movie as well. But it's one of these situations where the, the, the stakes are raised. I mean, there's this moon on the uh, outer reaches of the galaxy, a peaceful uh, farming settlement on this moon. Well, there's this domineering planet called the Mother World, where uh, it's run by tyrants, and one of these tyrants visits the moon and says, all the crops that you farm are going to us from now, and basically I'm going to leave you people to starve. So uh, Sophia Patella plays Cora, who has a dark past. She has lethal skills. She rallies some of the people on the moon to form a group of rebels to fight the mother world. And she goes to other places, other planets in the galaxy to gather up this team. So it's sort of a magnificent seven sort of feel to it, which is, you know, uh, Kurosawa, the seven samurai. I mean, which again, that inspired star Wars, you know, all these movies, they seem to have touchstones, right. Right. Uh, That, that have those basic story plots or whatever. And, but then from there, you know, Zack Snyder makes it his own. So how would you rate this one? I would rate it about 7 out of 10. I mean, you know, again, there's always going to be that familiar feeling. And, you know, Zack Snyder, in the interview, I said, well, was it hard to fight those urges to keep the Star Wars stuff that you had before out of it? And he says, you know, there's just some ways you can't avoid it. You're going to have androids. You're going to have bars, these cantinas where characters are going to go into, and it's always going to remind you of that sort of thing. And that's my personal observation seeing the movie. It's like, oh, this is a cantina scene. Oh, this is the Han Solo sort of character, all that sort of stuff. So while, you know, you try to make it original, it's not completely 100% original. But you can feel the nod to it. You can feel that. Let's take a quick break. I'd love to chat with you about one other thing. Hang in with us, Tim Lammers. We'll be back right after this on News Talk 830-WCCO. It's 1055. It's a Lindus construction time check. Time to get 75% off installation labor on Infinity from Marvin Windows. Tim Lammers with us. Tim, just a quick question for you. We have about a minute, minute and a half left. Uh, Godzilla Minus One, the newest installation of the movies from the original Toho Studios, has been released. It's been playing here across America. They've extended it. It is a $70 million worldwide uh, box office take, which sounds minimalistic at best, but it's against a $15 million budget, and it is phenomenal. Should Hollywood be taking notice that they could put out a movie that has heart and amazing CGI and graphics, and they're able to put out a film for $15 million and uh, we can't seem to do anything less than $100 million at this point? Yeah, you know, uh, Dave, the, the music, I couldn't hear which film that you mentioned. Was it? Godzilla Minus One. Minus One, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think they should. I mean, look. I think when we were talking about the DC universe being rebooted, one problem that studios don't seem to get is that they're they're entering a no-win situation when they invest 200 million, 300 million dollars into these movies and it almost guarantees that they're not going to break even. So you got to go back to the drawing board and find a way to make things work and yeah hopefully 
people will look at the success of a movie like Godzilla Minus One and say, yeah, well, maybe we should approach this differently. It, it, it has to get to that point because you mentioned before about Warner Brothers merging with Discovery. Well, there's also talk now, <clears throat> excuse me, of that company merging with Paramount Global. Right, yeah. So, I mean, you know, clearly you think they would learn from these financial mistakes and nope. try something different, and hopefully a movie like that at least is going to have them take pause for a minute and say, yeah, we need to do something different here. Thank you, Tim Lammers. Happy holidays to you and your family. We'll be back. we got to take our final break. This is News Talk 830-WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 